Hey, can we give it up for the band? I'm gonna use that. <laughs> Straight up, man. We're so blessed to have an amazing group that just is so talented and, and gifted. I'm so happy you guys are here this evening. I know I'm feedbacking a little bit. My name is Eli. For those of you who don't know me, I get to have the privilege and blessing of serving as the interim student minister here. And uh, I, I'm guilty of watching a lot of YouTube. Anybody here love YouTube? Yeah, woo, YouTube. Um, I don't want to know what you guys watch because it's probably weird stuff. But uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, I love YouTube and, and I'm guilty of it. And that's okay. And actually, I have one of my favorite all-time YouTube videos that I'm going to show you right now, and it's about a dog named Denver. And it's I don't I love animal videos too. I don't know why they just make me laugh, especially like fainting goat videos. But 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 this one's about a dog named Denver, and I'm just going to let you watch it. I'm just going to let you watch it. All right. Well, apparently, while I was out, somebody got into the kitty cat treats. Now, I'm gonna go look at the suspects. Suspect number one. Is it you, Macy? See your face. Did you do this? Did you? I don't think you did. Number two. Did you do this? Denver, did you do this? Denver, was this you? Denver, you won't look at me. Did you? What? Denver, did you do this? Look at me. Come here. Let me see. Let me see your face. Oh my goodness, Denver, you didn't. You, you did this? You got in the kitty cat's treats? While I was gone? I can't believe it. Are you sorry about it? Okay. You know the routine. In the kennel. Go on. Very disappointed. You're in the penalty box. You let it happen. Well, I hope you're happy too. That is, that is one of my all-time favorite videos because it's so dramatic. Like, I, I started feeling for the dog. Like, the music and just his face of just shame. And then he said, you know what you did? Go. You know where to go. And he has, like, this walk of shame to the kennel. And, and I know it's funny, and it makes me laugh every single time. But on a more serious note, I can't help but to feel like Denver sometimes, filled with shame with guilt when we know that we've done something wrong. And we're continuing our series 
called Overwhelmed. And last week we talked about, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I forgot what we talked about last week. Anybody help me? Can anybody help me? What did we talk about last week? Oh, I'm disappointed. It hurts my heart. Nobody remembers? You weren't here? That's no excuse. No, I'm kidding. Leaders? Does leaders know? I'm testing everybody right now. Acknowledge where you are. Yes, we were talking about acknowledging where we are, that we all need help, that we are overwhelmed. It's literally the title of the series, guys. We talked about being overwhelmed, but that we can find our hope in Jesus. But today we're talking about shame. Has anybody ever felt ashamed before? I know I have, and I know you have too. You see, one of the hardest things that we have to struggle with as believers is this thing called shame. But here's the problem is that shame and guilt, that, that ugly feeling, actually isn't a thing that God wants to use. As a matter of fact, I think the reason why we struggle with shame and guilt so much is that we often forget who we really are and who God says we are, right? That song, I am a child of God, yes, I am. And when we forget that and we mess up and we sin, there's this shame that's filled, but let me tell you something. Shame doesn't come from God. Shame and guilt and this ugliness comes from the enemy that fills you with lies. Scripture says that the enemy, the devil himself, is the father of lies. He puts lies in your head. He tells you you need to fix yourself before you go to God. You can't go before God. You should be ashamed of yourself. How dare you think you can go before Jesus after what you just did? But here's the problem. For those of us who have surrendered our life to Christ, and we've said this before, there is now no condemnation. That's Romans 8 right there. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, there is now no condemnation for the past, present, or future sins that you may do. But, and you're going to sin. You're going to keep messing up because we're still living in this imperfect world. But that doesn't erase the fact that you belong to Jesus. But what happens is that when we do mess up, the enemy sees it and pounces. And it's ready to remind you, to tell you, hey, or to help you forget. No, no, no. You messed up. That means you never really surrendered your life to Jesus. That means you never uh, uh, fully grasped his grace, his mercy, and you start to feel this ugliness, this shame, just like poor Denver. And it saddens me because this shame and this guilt can go on for a long time, and when we don't address it, it can literally kill you. Look up stories of students who were so ashamed that ended up taking their life. And it doesn't help that we live in a world where the internet and Instagram, where people can hide behind fake accounts and belittle you because of what you've done, that comments that say, wow, I thought you, go to, to, you were part of Calvary students. I can't believe you would do something like this. I can't believe you would post a picture like that. I can't believe that I heard you were doing this or doing that. And that is just wrong. If you are a believer in this room right now and you do that, shame on you. Because that is not what brothers and sisters are called to do. When we deal with shame, we deal it together, reminding each other that we have the blood of Jesus covering that shame. 
So how do we deal with it? How do we deal with this shame? Point number one, very simply, is you come to Jesus. You come to Jesus. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter, uh, chapter 8. I'm sorry, chapter 11, excuse me. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28. Verse 28 says this. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me. One of the things that, that I, I, I had to deal with for a long time was I had a lot of shame built up in me about some stuff that I didn't, I didn't like talking about for a long time. And I'm talking about heavy stuff that I couldn't even fathom that I would do in the first place. I, I couldn't even imagine the pain that I would go through because of that guilt that I had within my heart. And I praise God for, for people like Marcus Rodriguez, who, who was the former youth pastor here. I praise God for that man. Because he continuously reminded me of who I was in Jesus. And he would push me. He would challenge me. Hey, did you come before the Lord with that? With that shame? With that guilt? Because that is not from him. That's from the enemy. Remember, he came to redeem you, as we talked about last week. Not to condemn you. He came to save. Not to disown. Did you come before Jesus and tell him and confess with your mouth and your lips this shame, this guilt that you've done? Because he already knows anyway. Not only that, confess to your brothers and sisters. I have a group of guys that I've shared some deep stuff with, some of them in this very room, that know the deepest, darkest parts of my life. You think it was easy for me to do that? Absolutely not. But as I came before Jesus, I knew that I would also have to come before my brothers and say, guys, I'm so filled with shame. And they would build me up, not belittle me. In times when I was weary and broken. And my question is, where, where are you today? Are you weary? What is burdening you in your heart? What lies has the enemy put in your head? Are you willing to come to Jesus? Are you willing to lay before him and give him your shame, your guilt, those lies that the enemy has filled your mind with? And, and a great way to do this is that point number two, we learn from Jesus himself. Not only do we come to Jesus, but we learn from him as well. Verse 29 says this, take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. Take up my yoke and learn from me. We learn from Jesus. Now a yoke uh, for those of you who don't know, back in the day, it's, it's a wooden cross piece that is fastened over the necks of two animals and attached to the plow or cart that they're there to pull. I think I have a video here that will, will show you what, what that looks like. So yeah, look at that. So this thing in the middle, that's called a yoke, okay? And it's meant to, to guide and to pull whatever's on that cart, okay? So now you know what yoke means. If you didn't know what yoke means, I'm going to talk about the egg, Talk about this, this yoke. So every time you read your Bible, you say, oh my gosh, Jesus' eggs 
are easy. No, yoke is completely different. This is, this is the yoke, okay? It's meant to pull. And so the question is simple. Are we willing to learn from Jesus? Are we willing to be led by him and follow his example? One of my favorite things about Jesus himself that we are to reflect was that Jesus spent time with the Father. He prayed a lot. He prayed to God the Father so much. And I can't help but to remember the story where he's praying uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Okay, he's praying. It's, it's late. All his followers, his disciples are asleep. It was right before he was about to be taken. And he's praying. And he's just so stressed, just filled with, with, with this buildup of emotion because he knew he was taking on the weight of the world, the sins that you and I were to commit today, tomorrow, our past. He knew that it was, he was so stressed. He literally, it says that he sweat drops of blood. He literally sweat drops of blood. Imagine the stress level that he must have had to literally sweat blood. But he was coming before the Lord. He prayed to the Father. And we learn from that. Prayer is one of the strongest things that we can do as a believer. It is the one gift that allows us to, to combat these minds, that these lies that are filling our minds. Not only prayer by ourselves to the Father, but prayer as a group. Have you all ever prayed as a group before? Have you ever actually done that? One of my favorite moments here at Calvary, uh, we were praying for you guys, actually. We were praying for, uh, I think it was camp, and our leaders were together. This was before COVID. And we were in this room, and we each laid hands, literally, on one another and prayed for each other. We prayed for each other's burdens, each other's pains, things that we were going through. And then we prayed for our students praying that, that you would have a, a safe and, and, and eventful camp, that you would encounter God in a new and amazing way. Prayer is so powerful. When we come together, we are to learn from Jesus. And lastly, very quickly, as we, we come to Jesus and as we learn from Jesus, we find rest in him. We find rest in Jesus. It says this, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, there's still a yoke to bear, and we still have a burden to carry in this world, okay, because we live in a broken world. There's still things that we're going to have to deal with, things that, that, that are going to be hard to carry, but Jesus promises his rest if we are to put his yoke on ourselves, if we were to take that, that, that wooden cross, that wooden thing that you saw and put it on our shoulders because the one who's guiding it is Jesus himself. The one who already took that yoke and that burden is Jesus himself. Yet with and in Jesus, these are easy and light. Jesus's yoke is easy, not because it makes lighter demands, it's still heavy, but because it represents entering into a disciple relationship. You see, it takes two to put on that yoke. Not just one, it takes two. 
Who are you willing to, to enter into a disciple relationship with? Maybe it's your C group leader, leader. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your neighbor. Maybe it's your own parents. Maybe some of you have parents in here that have no idea who Jesus is. They have no idea, and you can be that beacon of light to them. Calvary students, you are not the future of the church. You are the church right now in your schools, in your, in your uh, extracurricular activities with your teammates, in your own house, to your brother, to your sister, to your mom, to your dad. You are the church. I don't want to hear this, I'm not ready to make disciples. No, yes, you are, because we're here. Calvary, the rest of Calvary is here to guide and lead you and help you to do that. That's what we're all about. We make disciples. We take on the yoke of Jesus together, and we make disciples. Yes, you can share the gospel. I believe in you. Yes, you can share your testimony. Yes, your friends might laugh at you. Yes, they might think you're crazy. But none of that compares to the glory and the treasure that we have in Jesus Christ. I want to end with this story that always, every single time I read it, it, it blows my mind what Jesus does. There's a woman suffering. She had been suffering for 12 years. She had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. So remember, picture this. Here's a woman. She's gone to as many doctors as she possibly can. She's sick. For 12 years, this is going on. And she finally hears about this person named Jesus and says, who is this Jesus? She investigates and she realizes something. It says, she touched his clothing and she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And this is what's crazy. Jesus immediately realizes that the power had gone out from him. And he turned around. He's walking. The lady touches his clothes. And he says, whoa, something just happened here. And she's a, he's in this huge crowd. But what does he do? He doesn't keep walking. He turns around. And he sees her. He sees her. And what does he do? He says, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, who touched me? There's a bunch of people that are touching you. And he says, no, 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 something happened. He was looking around to see who had done this. And the woman with fear, this woman was scared, said, I came and fell down before you. And she told him the whole truth. And listen to what Jesus says, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. Go and be healed from your affliction. Jesus, in his kindness and mercy, while being surrounded by people, notices this one person who's literally crawling on the ground, touching his clothes, turns around and has the, the, the nerve to just get down and say, you, daughter, you have been saved. 
How many times are we going to have to hide and not want to reach just to touch his clothes because of our shame, because of the guilt that we feel? No, no, we're more than that. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like we're surrounded, but we're surrounded by you. Jesus, there is nothing more that we can do but to touch his clothes, yet he's done more than that. He came himself to die on that cross for us. If you're dealing with shame today, if you're dealing with guilt, I I beg you, please, Come to Jesus. Come before Jesus. Do it. Do it. If you've already surrendered your life, there's no condemnation in you. Come to Jesus. Learn from him. Learn from his example. Pray together as a family, as brothers and sisters. Be the light. Be the church. Put on his yoke, his burden, and his yoke is light. He can take care of it. And with that, we find rest and peace in Jesus, just like that woman who was healed from her 12 years of disease and sickness. You, Calvary students, you have that one opportunity to do that as well. And all it takes is for you to say, Jesus, I've done so much in my life. He'll say, I know. I know you have. Jesus, I'm so ashamed. I've been up at night on my phone. No, I know. I know, Jesus says. But Father, you don't understand. No, I do. But God, what? I love you, son, daughter. You are healed. Your faith has cleansed you because of me. And let me, let me, let me tell you, the enemy says you aren't worthy of being saved. And you know what? He's right. You're not worthy alone, but in Jesus Christ, he places all the value and worth in you. The only reason why I'm even worthy to be up here right now is because of Jesus who lives inside of me. Jesus gives you that value and that worth. Every single one of you have been created in his image, in his image. And if you have Jesus in your life, you're worthy because he is worthy. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much that you continue to love us, that you continue to to guide us even when we continue to mess up, even when we continue to fall. Your grace is there to catch us every single time. Jesus, we know that we will continue to struggle. We know, Father, that we have this shame that are just lies from the enemy, Father, because you tell us that there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And so remind us of that, Father. Help us to confess our guilt, our shame to our brothers, our sisters, to our parents, to our leaders, so that we can continue to be built up together as one church, one family. Father, help us to continue to seek you in every circumstance while we're overwhelmed with anxiety, while we have depression, while we have thoughts of ending it all because we're so ashamed. Father, no, you give us purpose and reasons to live. So remind us of that. And I pray that as we enter into our C group time, Jesus, that we would be able to just elaborate and just dive into 
your word even more, that we wouldn't be afraid to share what's on our hearts. And that if there's any person in this room that is wanting to surrender their life to you, Jesus, that they would do it in this moment. It's in your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. If you have any questions, what it means to surrender your life to Jesus, come talk to one of us. Come talk to your C group leaders. We want to show you what that means, what that looks like. If you want to be baptized, come talk to us too. That's a great thing. And we love to hear from you.